Good morning. Good morning. We had a really good lesson uh, last week with Paul, and today we have Malone. Need no introduction. I'll just say one thing. My daughter uh, was a member of this church for 15 years before I moved to Atlanta, and I heard about Malone all the time. Now, when I joined, Malone was no longer pastor. So, um, I, when I joined CUC, I'm not really a church member. Please don't call me. <laughs> but anyway, um, but what she told me was my daughter <clears throat> is not real affectionate. And so every time we should leave church, she always made sure she didn't get too close to Malone because he'd hug her. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so <laughs> one day he came up behind her and he hugged her because I don't know if he realized that that's what she was doing. She'd just skirt around him. And she told me, she said, it felt so good to be hugged by Malone. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to your teaching today. It's all yours. Well, you'd heard enough when you joined. She left, huh? <laughs> People said, what have you been doing since you retired? I've been as a consultant. Have <laughs> been churches. One of the things I do is help churches look at their mission. I'm fixing to turn it on. I knew I was in trouble when they met Wednesday, all the technicians. <laughs> and I'm the first one to speak after they got together. <laughs> one of the things we did is that up in Tennessee, just south of Nashville, I helped the Baptist Church change their name. It took six days to change their name from Snake Ridge <laughs> to Reptile Heights. <laughs> and they feel better about it. So, I'm glad to be here and <laughs> glad to be anywhere, really. <laughs> but uh, first Sunday in Lit, first Sunday in Advent, Chris and Dave told us about Myra. You remember the story and worked the scripture in. Last week, Paul Falk did a wonderful job on Advent, the second Sunday in Advent. Today's the third Sunday of Advent, and next Sunday, Paul brings up the fourth. My concern for a number of years has been that Advent, the fourth Sunday is preparing for Christmas. And many of you have shared your concern. Then we have Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day, and then the first Sunday after Christmas, and then Epiphany starts. And people say, when in the world are we going to sing some Christmas hymns? Well, years ago we didn't have Advent. John the Baptist did not know about Advent. <laughs> there was no liturgical calendar for the Gospels. This was created just a few years ago. I want to sing first, Joy to the World. Bonnie is, she always accompanies <clears throat> me when I'm singing. <laughs> and I couldn't find my guitar, Bill. <laughs> We're going to sing one verse of Joy to the World. Joy to the World. Joy.
word joy and form your faces. <laughs> There's nothing more dull than look out over the congregation with an exciting sermon and and see people sitting there. <laughs> Some of you have had more good sleeps at my preaching than any other. The sermon is one of the gifts of the Lord, and I have it, and people say, Do you know so-and-so was reading a book during your sermon? Oh, yeah, I knew. He was on page 53. I know the title I know when they're working. Now, a few weeks ago, there was a wonderful woman that I love got up and talked to us. And she said, there's a wonderful book. It's the one who's laughing. <laughs> About the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. She did a wonderful job. And she told us about a book. And I wanted to know that I have the book. And I got it right after it was written. It is a wonderful book. The name of it is Christianity is Jewish. She talked about it. It's a great book. One of the things that's heavy on my heart today is the tragedy in Connecticut. It could happen anywhere. But 20 children and 6 adults and a whole community devastated. All the churches coming together and doing something in grief and shock and resentment and hurt. So today, our prayer did a wonderful job, but I just want you to reach out and just touch the person by hold hand or the shoulder, whatever you need to do. There is an energy in prayer that's worldwide. And uh, I start to say touch shoulders or the leg, but most of you don't need to do that. <laughs> I think hand or shoulder to be better. And we're going to lift up, just in your mind, think of the grief and the hurt of a mother, grandmother, daddy, grandfather, brothers and sisters, fellow students, the administrators. We've gone through something we hope we never experience. Great God, our Creator, we know you didn't cause it, but we know you're there now. Be with the healers and the counselors, and through the magic of prayer, let our brothers and sisters know we love them. In Jesus' name. Amen. I enjoy being a grandparent. I've been thinking of some of the experiences I've had with my grandchildren. I can remember a few years ago when uh, one of my grandboys said, Papa, how old are you? And I was just teasing. I don't really know. Seventy-two. I don't, I don't really know. He sat there. He's four. 
He sat there a few minutes. He said, then check your underwear. <laughs> I said, what good will that do? He just reached around and grabbed his underwear and pulled it out of his pants and says, it tells me I'm four to six. <laughs> One of my friends across the street, his, his grandson called him to wish him a happy birthday. He's 76. And he said, happy birthday, Papa. And how old are you? Let me say. Silence. And then on the other end of the phone, he said, did you start with one? <laughs> Most of us do. Today's story is in John, first chapter, and also Genesis. In the beginning was God. And John's gospel starts off about the beginning of the incarnation that Paul talked about. It's continuation. And so, as we, I've got all kinds of gadgets. I'm, I am more talented than you think. <laughs> but the reason I wanted to sing some Christmas songs, people in churches that are growing, they do, they mix Christmas with Advent and keep the Spirit going. And you'll do that today with the Messiah. You can't sing the Messiah without celebrating and rejoicing. And so, I'm in the black. <laughs> You're going to be impressed when I finish <laughs> that I can mash buttons. But, uh, and I will too. Just go to the laptop. Turn it off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew that and I didn't even come to the meeting. <laughs> George, uh, you know anything? <laughs> I was I was so encouraged. Just leave it right there. <laughs> I was so encouraged this week when I read the newsletter. Uh, I saw in the newsletter December the twenty third, Christmas Eve. <laughs> and then I read who sent it. And I said, just forget it. <laughs> Well, what we must remember, keep our head and heart together. It's one thing to have the understanding of the Bible. It's another one to react from the heart. Head and heart. we got creeds everywhere. But what about the deeds? Jesus talked about that. Prayer and praise go together. We've got a calendar, but we got to celebrate. Holy Bible, Holy Spirit, grace and gratitude, what we have this morning. What you're grateful for. What are we looking for mercy? 
sinners and said, we're all sinners. I'm a sinner. And you are too. You are. We're sinners saved by grace. Now, there are people who say, well, I, I made my decision 47 years ago. I've been saved ever since. Well, let me tell you. I know this and that. Once saved, always saved. I have to keep up to date. Every day. I keep sinning little things. I have to ask God to forgive me. And you do too. We're saved by grace. That clears the air. And everything's taken care of. But, I mean, when I got married, I told my wife I loved her. That I'll be enough. (laughs) But she says I need to say it more often. I love you. And I do, don't I? I mean, I say it several times a day. Basically, when I'm in trouble. (laughs) But, this is a way of letting God know we're grateful for our salvation. Forgive me for omission and commission. And keep the score. I heard you're now 90 people signed up. Let's go. 90. I won't work with you on your drumming. <laughs> Very good. Lewis Moyer, M-O-Y-E-R, tells a story of a guy that was on death row. And he went to him and asked him, what would you like for your last meal? And the man said, I would like a nice slice of watermelon. The warden said, that's ridiculous. This is December. We hadn't even planted watermelon. Much less harvest and the guy said, that's okay, I'll wait. <laughs> We've been waiting in Advent. And we're about to burst because Jesus has come. Mix it in. Advent, Christmas, celebration, and love. Jesus died over 2,000 years ago. Nobody refers to him as the late Jesus. No. Heathen, atheists, people who are not Christian, they don't think of him as a late Jesus. Why? Because of the testimony in history that says he is alive. He's our Savior. He's our life. He's our Lord. God's Son. He's alive. Not dead. And that's what I always want to get people excited at Christmas and Easter. I preached up at the Baptist Church when Easter. When I finished here, I've been in the Baptist Church, Presbyterian, uh, several Episcopalians. I don't know how to put the call. <laughs> but I can tie a tie. They can't tie a tie. <laughs> that's one of their wear collars. <laughs> but, you know, and uh, and the Baptists have never experienced it. It's a church that hadn't had a preacher in two and a half years. So the deacons came down to my house, I got retired two years, and said, would you be the pastor at our church for a while? We haven't had a preacher. And 
and I am the best in the low price field. <laughs> so I went up there and preached, and, and, and uh, they don't get too excited. Uh, I mean, they're preaching. In fact, one Sunday I walked in, and I got on the back pew, I said, I give you five dollars, you will say, Amen. <laughs> he said, what? Amen. Can you say that? Yeah. I gave you five dollars. He said, I don't need it that bad. So <laughs> anyway, on Easter, I walked out in the pulpit area, Samson, I, this is the message. I said, I got news for y'all. There'll be no Baptists in heaven. <laughs> After a few minutes, it was so thin. I said, or Methodist, or Catholic, Episcopalian, or Church of God. No, it's just going to be Christian. Christians who love other Christians. And then we went into the Easter story, and they got happy. Because I told them they, some of them will get in. <laughs> and I said, and God gave me the list. <laughs> but uh, it happened in the store just a few days ago. I was doing some shopping. I just had one thing to buy. I'm standing in line. Target. And uh, a lot of people in front of me had a stack of stuff. I just had one. And then I turned around and glanced to see if I knew anybody in the store. And when I glanced back, somebody had jumped in front of me. After I'd been waiting. My number had not yet come up. But it was going to be delayed. So when I got up there with my one thing, the sales assistant said to me, thank you for waiting. And said, are you who I think you are? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you the man, the preacher that has the invocation at the memorial service every year at City Hall? Yeah. And then I got to thinking. Waiting helped me. If I had done what I really wanted to do, <laughs> we would have had a funeral the next <laughs> But our deeds tell who we are. Somebody's watching. This boy that did the shooting in Connecticut. He's a loner. Strange. Demonic. And how he could get his mother's gun. She collected guns because she feared she was going to lose her house. Big house. She and her husband were divorced after 17 years of marriage. And it took a toll on the two boys. One boy she had not seen. He went off to college. Hadn't been back. The boy lived with her. He got the gun and killed her first. A loner. I had a nephew who was a loner. 
his daddy left him when he was three years old. He got depressed. He was in Eggleston Hospital. Depressed. He lived with my father. His would have been his grandfather. Age. And then my daddy died, and there was not a male person around. So we put in for the Big Brother program. Somebody will come spend time. And I keep this in my office. Picture of Phil Negro and his knuckleball. Because Phil Negro became his big brother. We just put an application and he filled it out and came. And every week for five years when he was in town, he came up and spent some time with this boy. And he grew up appreciating sports. Today, he represents a sporting company all over the country. Bats, gloves. He married a woman who had two children. Her husband left her. They married. And they had one child. But one of those boys was a pitcher for Georgia Tech. He's a left-handed pitcher. He was 8 and 0 oh when the Braves came and signed him in his junior year. He says, I'll sign if you'll take care of my education when I finish. That's part of his contract. He went with the Braves for five years, all because Phil Negro. He went with Washington, and now he's with the Yankees. His name is Lee Hyde. H-Y-D-E. Depressed. But somebody can't. If you have a chance to be a big brother, a big sister, or a friend to somebody, especially a kid, they're hurting out there. Don't turn it down. It can be the best mission work you've done. I've been trying. The, the, the bookhead reminds me, this is what Paul and Malone do it. Paul is the bookend. That is, the second Sunday in Advent and the fourth Sunday in Advent. And I'm the third. You know, yet it's like Graham Cracker. You've got to have the gooey part in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but here are some of the books I've been reading since all this happened. Jill Briscoe, who came here in a revival. Faith enough to finish. And the book that Paul familiar with, and the author too, David Seaman, Healing for Damaged Emotions. And we had Leonard Sweet, who came here several years ago. He's out in California. He's probably the best theologian in America today. Earthquakes. He talks about all the stuff that happened that shapes us in our faith. And then a little book by a great man in an island who was a priest for 25 years and decided he had to do something for his soul and he went and became a chaplain or camp, a community of mentally disadvantaged. <clears throat> 
And he writes about his experience in the name of Jesus. How? And then Weatherhead's book, a little book, The Will of God, to point out that on TV people said, why did God let this happen? God did not let it happen. We're not puppets, we're free choosing people. And it says in this book, God is with us. First of all, he intentionally created us. And circumstantially, his will is, whatever happens, I'll be with you. And the third part of his will is, ultimately, we're going to be together again in heaven. All of these were helpful to me. I don't know if it's these books or others, but need to have something to think about. This is not the first big tragedy we've had. But then you take Columbine. When does it stop? It's not the gun that kills. It's the fool behind. It's true. Until we get a better registration and background check, it'll keep happening. Well, I want to talk about John. John, the first chapter. I've got the next slide coming up. Jesus had no servant, but they called him master. He had no degree, they called him teacher. He had no medicine, they called him healer. He didn't have an army, but they all feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, and they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb, but they couldn't keep him. He's alive forevermore. So we feel honored to serve such a leader who loves us. And if you believe that as you trust, the Bible says, if you confess your sins and believe in your heart in Jesus Christ and believe that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's, a, it's not complicated. We've made it complicated. Next slide. This is very important. There are some people, you try to explain this, they keep asking questions. (coughs) To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. Get it in your system. Again, say it with me. First line. To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. So when you get to Oregon and, you know, they don't understand that. You know? You can't win long. But just remember, if you got faith, I don't understand all this. When I went to college, I had so much baggage, it's like walking down a, a tightrope. Emotionally, I went and just threw off everything that didn't fit me. And I came up with my own faith based on Jesus Christ. The only thing I knew for sure, God and Jesus, prayer, Holy Spirit, love. That's about all I came up with. Then I add to it, grace, 
and mercy as we grow older. And that's all you need. Something that's yours. My mama, she had a wonderful faith. She was a great gal. My mother was robbed and mugged at South Dakota when she was old. My dad had already died. Mother was canning some blackberries making jam. She went over there and got some jars. Had two sacks. And she was walking to a car and two women came and said, that's too heavy for you. Let's, let us help you. And they took the packages and mother walked with her. We put the packages in the car. We found out later from the police. And then they hit her on the head put her in her car, drove around 285. We found her in the car in Forest Park. Had to take her to Crawford Hospital where she was for six days. Had an oxygen mask on and family would gather around and her pastor, Martha Forrest, and Martha Forrest went in and said, Bernice, they haven't caught the culprit yet. <coughs> guess we'll just have to pray that they catch him. My mother, like me, has selected hearing. <laughs> she raised a little arthritic finger and did this. I said, "Hon, you want to say something to her? She said, yeah. I took the mask off. Eight of us gathered around the bed, across the lawn. I said, what is it? She says, not yet. Not yet? What do you mean? I don't want to pray for them yet. I want to catch them and beat the hell out of them. We all clapped. She was getting better. Well, they caught these two women in Tampa, Florida. They had committed 41 crimes against the elderly. Scanning out their house, where they shop, where they do the the banking. We were able to piece it together when she wants to put her check in to Decatur, the cab federal. And she came out, she remembers later, these two women were standing by the car and said, your car was rolling and we stopped it for you. Create trust. Now she remembers those of the ladies who were here in the past. But today, they're in prison. <coughs> My mama's dead, but she's happy that we got them. Before <laughs> <Or> she did. <laughs> they wouldn't have been in prison. <laughs> We'd have had funerals then, so we're happy. That's my mom. That's kind of why I come out of Paul and I, y'all don't know, I was in school with Paul. <laughs> I knew, I knew, wait a minute, wait a minute. I knew him when he had hair. I knew you when you were skinny. After I came here, we had a men's retreat, hard labor retreat. And we were playing in a golf tournament, and, and, um, first tee, and Paul took his hat off, and, wipe his long brow. <laughs> and he said to me, you probably don't remember me without hair. And he took his hat off and said, Paul! <laughs> well, we've been friends. He was smarter. 
he jumped a grade one, you know. I was involved with extracurricular. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, John, when we get to it. If you got your Bibles, turn to it in the beginning. It's like uh, like Genesis. In the beginning. I don't wear glasses much. Only when I want to see. <laughs> in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now this is talking about how Jesus in the Trinity, Jesus is with the Father. The Father is in Jesus. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Incarnation, this is what people have a hard time getting their fingers into. I don't understand it, but I believe it. Okay? All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What is coming into being in Him was life. Life. Light, and the light was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, his name was John. Paul talked about him. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, through God. But the Son was with him. He came to what was his own. And his own people did not receive him. That's like going to homecoming and people not recognize you. But to all who received him, who believed, who trusted, he made them the children of God. Children and joint heirs. Now in the nativity scene, all the gospels are different. Matthew, he goes to the gene genealogy. And Jesus had some, some bad apples in his family. You can't go through that list and say these are all saints. No! They were some shoddy people. And then Mark, he gives his rendition of the story, and then Luke is the only one that tells us about when he was born, in Luke 2. But John wants to be theological. It was written after the other Gospels. It was written after Paul writing in his letters. Somewhere around 85 or 90 A.D. And he's trying to let us know theologically God planned what he was doing. You know, one of the greatest inventions I think we've ever had is duct tape. <laughs> I, this is so helpful. Temporarily. And that's what we had when Abraham came, had a covenant, and it lasted a while, put a little duct tape around it until they broke it. Moses came with the Ten Commandments. It was good a while, temporarily, and they pieced it together until they broke it all down, had to do away with the duct tape. 
and the other leaders and the prophets and the great uh, the great writers were all pointing to God's revelation. And then Hebrews says, in former times God spoke to us through prophets and priests. But in these days he has spoken to us with a son. No gut tape necessary. You don't have to piece it together. You know, I got one duct tape that has falcons on it because we might need it today with the giants, you know. <laughs> uh, I had season tickets to the falcons and it's been hard to keep them. It's been pretty, but I, I found a way to do it. <laughs> Somebody wanted to talk to me about the altar gear one day and I'd already had my long underwear on. I, this is when they had the outdoor stadium. I was ready to go. They wanted to talk about the flowers and Oh, just kept going on and on. And I was just sweating. You know? And I said to her, ma'am, called her name, ma'am, if you want to finish this conversation, come to the office tomorrow. I got to go downtown and speak. <laughs> and I did. I walked in the stadium and said, hello! $65,000. I marked it up as business. <laughs> But John is saying, I want you to know, you don't have to look anymore. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the one. He broke down all the barriers. I've had civic groups who've been asked me to come down to Buckhead and to places that have invocation. Some of them say, well, you don't really want you, we want you to be inclusive. You know, we have all kinds of people. And uh, so I took this to the Rotary Club this week. I said, here's Newsweek. They're talking about who Jesus, Newsweek. And they had another article on the war on Christians. Hey, Christmas is when Jesus was born. And I had a prayer, and we talked about Jesus, and the, the speaker was Ambassador Andrew Young. Well, when he got up, he started by saying, I want to talk to you about the child in Bethlehem. He said, when I go around the world, the influence of that child in Bethlehem has changed the course of history. And all the leaders and all the nations that I visit know about the child who was born in Bethlehem called Jesus. People are ready to talk about it. Just a few little things and I'm going to be finished. That means you put your shoes on. <laughs> you talked about Myra three weeks ago going to prison. For eight years I've been working with a member here who served three and a half years at the Atlanta Federal Prison. He had a certificate to take some shotguns down to Costa Rica because he's got a farm down there. And when people go down they want to hunt for pheasants or quail, the guns are there. And they gave him permission to take four. Well, somebody gave him another so he just wrapped it up. Had a certificate. But 9-11 happened. And that week after 9-11 they went through all the luggage in all the airports. 
And they found these guns. And they got this boy in our church. And made a case that he was supplying guns to the rebels of Nicaragua. He wasn't. He was innocent. He served his time. We're trying to get his citizenship back. But it's a long process. But let me tell you. He's host to the Lord. The word is joy, joy, joy. Sing. Joy, joy, joy. Host to the Lord. The vice president of Publix was in our church 12 years ago. He got cancer. And they couldn't cure it. And so his wife called and says he wants to talk about the plan of salvation. I carried Bill Floyd with me. We talked a while. The man had been in the church all his life somewhere. And I asked him, said, are you, are you a Christian? Do you know the Lord? Do you know the peace of God? She said, I'm not sure. I'm fixing to leave, but I want to be sure. So I took my shoes off and just crawled up in the bed. I don't mean crawl, I stood there, sat there, and talked to him. We went through the plan of salvation. I said, let's go through it again. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? I do. you accept him as your Lord and Savior? I do. We went through it. Two and a half weeks later, he died. But before he died, he said to his wife, I'm so glad that I'm ready. Singing, joy, joy, joy. Oh, that's, that's what it's all about. Just be ready. I told people who were here, I said, look, keep your foot in the gate till I get there. So I can get in. <laughs> and one of the things I want to do is to find Paul, and I want to ask him, Apostle Paul, who jilted you? <laughs> Who jilted you? What woman jilted you? Somebody stood him up because he's so he's so sure what women need to do. <laughs> he's getting a lesson in inclusivity today. <laughs> I believe the Bible. I believe everything about it. And tonight, I want you to know, at the party, I'll be there, and I will have a little water that has been touched by the Lord and it's called wine <laughs> but because I believe in the Bible this is what it says in 1 Timothy 5.23 this is Paul telling Timothy quote no longer drink only water but take a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your ailment well I have a bad stomach <laughs> and I make sure that it's always upset <laughs> So I don't need somebody to come back. Are you drinking wine? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. Let me tell you. Christian faith is fun. If it ever gets to be not fun, I'll leave it. But I want you to know, joy, joy, joy. Say it. Joy, joy, joy. I hadn't done half what I'm going to do, but you could say, joy, joy, joy. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the excitement of Christmas and the joy of your presence. Keep us together in love and prayer. And help us to reach out and touch the lonely, the needy, and the hurting. 
in the name of Jesus our Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Have a great week filled with joy.